This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Dan Chung Han. With me, Joyce Go. We're going to keep you company all the way till 10 a.m. this morning. Now, what's happening throughout this morning is uh, not so much happening here in Malaysia, but uh, over there in the States, we have the ongoing U.S. midterm elections. We are about two years in into the Trump administration, or well, uh, Trump being POTUS, right? So we're at the halfway mark, and here you have the uh, president perhaps facing his sternest political test, even though his name is is not on the uh, on the ballot sheet. So seldom have America's midterm elections been watched so closely across the globe. The reasons pretty clear. The the vote isn't just a referendum on President Trump's first two years in office, but also on the populist brand of politics that he represents. Yeah, so exactly two years after Donald Trump was elected, American voters are at the polls again, and this time they're choosing new members of Congress. Both houses are currently controlled by the Republican Party. So looking at this, all 435 seats in the House of Representatives are up for election, and in a battle for the Senate, 35 of the 100 seats are being contested. Alright, so the morning runs very own. Melissa Idris is currently in the US. She's been on the Foreign Press Center's international reporting tour of the US midterm elections and that's been going on over the last few days or so. So let's now cross over to her in uh, Clark County in the state of Nevada now. Hey uh, Mel, so give us an overview about what's been happening in the lead up to this polls. Hi guys, I'm here at the University of Nevada and um, I've just attended a Black Lives Matter rally. The atmosphere on campus is really charged. I mean, you've got young people really energized trying to get the message out there for, for um, you know, the, the importance of the youth vote. Now, this is really interesting to be here in Nevada because um, this state will play a critical role in the midterm elections. So two of its four house seats are losing incumbents. What that means is that Nevada is the only state in which Hillary Clinton won in 2016, in which a Republican senator is up for re-election this year. So we're seeing um, the Republican senator, Dean Heller. He is widely seen to be the most vulnerable Republican in the Senate. And Heller is neck to neck in the polls with his challenger, Congresswoman Jackie Rosen from the Democratic Party. But, you know, I mean, uh, on the other side, we also have people like Michelle Obama, who was recently here in Nevada to launch a voter registration drive. Um, So, you know, the state of Nevada really seen to be a key battleground in the race for the control of the House of Representatives and the Senate. Mel, what about voter turnout? Any news yet from Nevada? So we're still waiting for the polls to close here. It closes at 7 p.m. local time. So um, right now, there are no numbers yet as to voter turnout. But the early voting turnout has been at a record high in Nevada. I think it's interesting to contrast, uh, to compare and contrast Nevada and California, where I was just a few days ago. So while I was in California, I managed to speak to the uh, registrar, the LA County Registrar or County Clerk. It's like our election commissioner, but on a smaller scale. So his name is Dean Logan, and I believe we have a clip from Dean when I spoke to him earlier. So I think we are expecting higher turnout than we saw in 2014, which was our last midterm election, gubernatorial election. I'm always hesitant to 
predict a turnout because your colleagues in the media here will then hold me to that and say, well, you said the, the turnout, and it's really guesswork. I think, though, that we will see, if I had to guess today, I think that we will see a voter turnout somewhere in the 60 percentile range. Last term, midterm election in L.A. County, I think, was less than 30 percent. It was, it, was, it was dismally low in 2014. What I attribute the increase, um, a couple of things. One is the national narrative around the midterms and the, um, the impact of the potential change in the, uh, the political control of Congress and the United States Senate. That's from the national perspective. On the local perspective, there are a number of policy issues that range from transportation, health care, um, and environmental issues um, that are all getting quite a bit of attention leading up to this election as well. What, what is also interesting, guys, is that in California, so just to contrast uh, Nevada and California, which is, you know, neighbor states, um, in California, they also have early voting, but um, it's, a, it's a more interesting process. Here's Dean explaining how early voting works in the state of California. Prior to the election, we mail every registered voter a sample ballot. That sample ballot gives them a facsimile of what they're going to see on their ballot. It also tells them where their polling location is and what other options they have for voting. In L.A. County, currently, we really have three options for voting. You can vote on Election Day at your assigned polling place, which is in your neighborhood or geographically near your residence on Election Day. You can vote early. Uh, We offer weekend early voting two weekends prior to the elections. And here in this office, we have early voting every day leading up to election day. So you can vote early. And then we also have the option to vote by mail. So um, with voting by mail, you as a voter can sign up to be a permanent vote by mail voter, which means we will automatically send you a ballot in any election that you're eligible to vote in. Or you can do that on an individual election basis. You can just choose to. um, And it is... Again, this is different in different states. In California, we are what is referred to as a no-excuse vote-by-mail state, so that's available to any voter. You don't have to be out of town. You don't have to be um, uh, disabled or anything like that. Anybody can choose to to vote by mail. Those ballots are mailed out 30 days before the election, uh, and they have to be returned or postmarked by Election Day. So um, out of our 5.2 million registered voters, we have about 2.5 million voters who have already received ballots through the mail in this particular election. And as of yesterday, uh, we had about 570,000 of those ballots that have been voted and returned already um, in the election. Now, now of course, in the lead up to the uh, polls, there's uh, plenty of focus on the pollsters there who got it famously or perhaps infamously wrong in the 2016 presidential election. So, Melissa, you know, how closely are you paying attention to the polls and what are they saying? So yeah, the, the polls are also quite interesting to watch because look, you know, you can watch a million opinion polls. I mean, the, the latest polls are indicating that the Democrats will take control of the House of Representatives and the Republicans will retain its narrow majority in the Senate, possibly even expand it. So that's what the latest polls are saying. I'm looking at 538, which is, you know, the, the famous um, pollster Nate Silver, they have it at um, 88%. Chances are that the Democrats will be winning the race to the House and an 80% chance of the Republicans keeping control of the Senate. So I attended a briefing with Professor Robert Shroom, who's a professor of political science um, at the University of Southern California. And USC and the LA Times, they have a poll going too. Um, and I asked him to share the findings of those opinion polls with 
with us. I believe we have a clip of what the polls are saying right now about who will win the House of Representatives. The Democrats have had a steady lead in what we call the generic congressional vote. That is, are you going to vote for a Democrat or a Republican? The lead has gone from 14 to 17 in our most recent poll. If those numbers are correct, then Democrats will almost certainly take the House. I believe that, with the exception of a couple dubious polls, the numbers that are out there would all point to Democrats taking control of the House. Right now, my guess would be somewhere around, on, on, on the data, somewhere around 34 to 37 seats would switch. Democrats need 23 to take control, so that would give them a majority of 28. Now, having said all of this, I have to tell you that on the Sunday before the 2016 election, I was on a show here called The Circus, which was about the campaign on Showtime. I predicted that no how, no way, in no universe, not this one or any other, could Donald Trump be elected president of the United States. So I, I, I say all, the, all of this to you with a certain humility. So if, if uh, Professor Shroom's polls are to be believed, that would mean the Democrats get a majority of 28 seats, and that would far surpass the majority that the Democrats need to take control of the House. So they have this term, flip that House. Uh, that's, that's the Democrat uh, slogan that they're chanting at the moment. I think, uh, to be completely honest, uh, whether they will get a majority of 28, that is something uh, that remains to be seen. One thing we're watching very closely for is this blue wave um, that is expected. So once the polls close on the East Coast, I'll get a better idea and I'll let you guys know how that's going, whether that blue wave has actually materialized. So Mel, where does Donald Trump factor in here? I mean, it's not a presidential election. His presidency is not at stake here. So, you know, it's, it's really funny. Donald Trump is um, all anyone's talking about in this midterm elections. It's really seen to be a referendum on him and on his performance, but he's not actually on the ballot, right? But he might as well be on the ballot because ultimately it is about uh, getting, I guess, a consensus or a referendum on his performance. So when I spoke to Bob Shrum, I, I, I wanted to know, I mean, what exactly are the polls showing about people's opinion on Trump? What's driving the vote in our polling? Donald Trump is the elephant in the polling place. A very large number of people say their vote is a vote for or against him. In the most recent poll, it was 46% said it was a vote against him, and something like 28% said it was a vote for him. The rest said it didn't have anything to do with their vote. I don't think they're telling the truth, by the way. And he seems to be doing everything right now to make himself the centerpiece of the campaign. So now speaking about uh, President Trump, right, he, of course, a big fan of Twitter there. And over the weekend, he tweeted this, and I quote, Everyone's excited about the jobs numbers, 250,000 new jobs in October, also wages rising. Wow. That's a poor impression there, but uh, I think I'll keep my day job here. Right? So, so Mel, look, the question is this, right? We know the U.S. Uh, economic hard numbers, that's rising. So is that translating into more votes and at least a sentiment among voters? 
Yeah, you know, that's a great question because why isn't the impressive economic conditions rallying more support for Trump? I mean, the US economy is booming. Unemployment is an, at an all-time low. So uh, here's what Bob Trump thinks. Republicans in the House and Senate would have loved Trump to run simply on the economy, to shut up about the caravan, immigration, birthright citizenship, and all that stuff, and just run on the economy. But he won't do it. You know, I think one of the interesting questions is if Democrats do take the House, at least one branch of Congress, the president can't govern the way he's governed. I mean, he says he's good at the art of the deal. He's going to have to deal, or he's not going to get anything, because the Democrats will completely control whatever legislation gets to the floor of the House. It will be very interesting to see if he's capable of adapting. So I got a chance to speak to Kevin DeLeon. Uh, he is a Democrat a candidate for the U.S. Senate. And I asked him that very question. I mean, how would a Democratic win of one of the branches of Congress, how would that change the way Donald Trump has to govern, essentially? And he reckons that the government will likely resort to using more executive orders. Uh, we've already seen him try to end birthright citizenship by an executive order, and that's been a hotly debated topic here in the U.S. Uh, apparently, some scholars say that he can. Um, there are those, however, who say that, you know, even if he does execute such an executive order, that will likely be challenged, and the issue will ultimately be made by the Supreme Court. So that will change the way he will have to govern if the Democratic Party takes control of the House. Um, but I guess, you know, this really is its a close one to watch. It's likely, guys, that we'll get the results, um, the, uh, the early results by tonight. But it could be contested and it could take up for weeks for us to determine who will get control of the House of Representatives and also the Senate here in the U.S. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'll check in with you guys again later. So uh, have fun in the studio. Don't miss me too much. Uh, too late, Mel. We're already missing you. I think Mel will be back here in the studios, I think, next week. Still, great stuff there. Thank you so much. That was Melissa Idris uh, of BFM 89.9. And uh, we'll be uh, hopefully checking in with her uh, after the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin. So in a couple of hours, just to see if there are any updates then. Han and Joyce here in the studio and we are following the outcome of the US midterm elections going on right now. Now even though it's just the midterm elections and not a presidential election, still it is very closely watched because today's vote is seen as a test of Donald Trump's political brand. That's right. So US voters in this midterms are casting ballots for all 435 members of the House of Representatives as well as for 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate and 36 out of 50 state governors. And Democrats need to unseat at least 23 Republicans to take control of the House and at least two to seize the Senate. Yeah, and so based on early results, we have seen Democrats uh, who have flipped a pair of congressional seats, uh, but Republicans have not suffered any unexpected losses right now because there were fears that if there was this blue wave tsunami, that could lead to a gridlock over there in Congress. So let's check in now with BFM's very own Melissa Idris, who's currently in the US. She's been covering the midterm elections over the last few days with the help of the Foreign Press Center. So let's go to her in Clark County in the state of Nevada. Good morning, Melissa. So good to be checking in with you. So give us a sense as to the latest updates from the midterm elections. 
Hey guys, really good to be talking to you. I bet you miss me already, don't you? <laughs> a little uh, well, bit. Let's take a look at <laughs> the latest uh, here. Like uh, about 30 minutes ago, we had a slew of polls close in the U.S. Um, everywhere from Alabama, Connecticut, uh, Delaware, the rest of Florida, Illinois, most of Kansas, uh, the rest of New Hampshire. I've got my hands full, especially uh, with the Texas and Tennessee. Now, the ones I'm watching out for for Senate, um, are particularly Tennessee, Missouri, Texas, and North Dakota, because these are the likeliest tipping point states for the race uh, to gain, to uh, I guess reclaim control of the Senate or to maintain control of the Senate. These are the states that will decide control. Um, at this point, counting has commenced, uh, and the polls, early exit polls show that Republicans are at least slightly favoured in all of them, but uh, it's going to be a tight race, guys. I've got a long night ahead of me. Mel, how much is uh, Donald Trump a factor in this uh, midterm elections? Well, uh, okay, so the elections are seen to be uh, a referendum on Donald Trump's presidency, which is... I mean, it's interesting, right? Because this is midterm election. He's not on the ticket. He's he's not on. His name is not on the ballot. But it is really seen to be, um, I guess, a chance for Americans to weigh in on how they view his performance over the last two years. Uh, we have a CBS News exit poll here that says uh, Donald Trump is effective for 65% of American voters, and 39% of those people said that they oppose him. Only 29% of those people said that they supported him. But what I think has been particularly interesting in my observation the last uh, few days has been that Donald Trump has been successful in making this vote about him. So he's been ever-present in news coverage. Um, He's been hitting the campaign trail hard over the last few days for the midterms. I mean, there were rallies in Montana and Florida. Now, I didn't get to go to one, uh, which is a shame, because I really wanted to bring back a MAGA hat for you guys, because I know you want one. (laughs) I want one, too. (laughs) But, guys, uh, just a couple of notes here. Some of the things that I thought were particularly interesting Polling times have been extended in uh, Georgia and Texas to allow time for more voters. Um, and we had, uh, we've had uh, reports of politicians, both blue and red, reminding voters that if they are in line to vote, uh, polling stations will not close until they've gotten an opportunity to cast their ballot. So Georgia is particularly fascinating because of Stacey Abrams. Uh, she could become the first African-American female governor of Georgia. Of course, you know that uh, Oprah Winfrey has been um, endorsing her. And uh, of course, that uh, that race in Georgia has been thrust in the spotlight because of allegations of um, voter suppression. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. yeah so that's going to be yeah, you know, because I've been reading that if the Democrats, you know, gain a, a resounding win here, yeah, that could also mean more female representation. Female representative uh, representation. Thank you. Oh my word, female representation in <laughs> Congress. Yeah, I cannot speak now. Uh, so, okay, with those delayed closing times that you mentioned, Mel, what does this mean for us mm-hmm. here in Malaysia? Like, you know, how will we know, or when will we know the final results? Okay, well, that's what I'm here for, right? I'm going to bring you all the results as and when I can. Uh, so right now, I think we're going to get, uh, in the next few hours, 
uh, more results as polls close, not just in the East Coast, but here in the West Coast, where I am here in Nevada as well. It could take a few hours, Han, to sort out who wins control of Congress. But, you know, you never know. It could also take a few weeks because uh, as the results fly in, we could, in fact, see um, people contesting the results. So it could take a few uh, a few days to figure out what's going on. Uh, but we have the latest exit polls indicating that the Democrats could take control of the House. We have uh, 538 uh, putting it at 88% chance, 88% chances of the Democrats winning the race for the House. For the Senate, though, it could be different. Um, 88, uh, sorry, 80% chance of the Republicans keeping control of the Senate. But uh, we'll have to see whether this blue wave, blue tsunami actually takes place and gains momentum. Mel, what other races are you watching? Yeah, so I think the one where I am uh, here in Nevada, that's really interesting uh, race because Nevada is the only state that Hillary Clinton won in 2016, which is a that which has a Republican senator that is up for re-election this year. His name is Dean Heller, and he's widely seen to be the most vulnerable Republican in the Senate. He's neck to neck with the Democratic uh, challenger, Congresswoman Jackie Rosen. So. Donald Trump has thrown his support behind Dean Heller at recent rallies. But we also have, you know, people like Michelle Obama making an appearance here in Nevada uh, to launch voter registration uh, drives to get uh, voters out and uh, at the polling booths. So Nevada really is a, a purple state, so a mix of blue and red. And it's a really interesting one to be in. Right, uh, cue the Prince song, right? Purple Rain, maybe. All right, so uh, uh, Mel, you know, going back to the poll that you mentioned, uh, the one that's uh, signing 88%, apparently it's moderated down to 75%. So 75% chance of this blue wave whereby the Democrats could take uh, the, 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 um, uh, the House, I believe. Right, And then you know, I'm looking at some Bloomberg reports right now. Uh, they are saying that they want to underscore that the mood among Democrats not great right now because what Bloomberg is seeing is that you know they have yet to see anything that suggests that the blue wave will materialize to win the house because republicans are winning seats that uh, you'd expect to be competitive because democrats had not really been dominating tonight so before we let you go mel what about the mood then give us some of the softer touch points what are you sensing there on the ground well, look, I spent the morning at the University of Nevada talking to some young people. There was a Black Lives Matter rally. So, you know, young people really energized, um, really, I think, going out there to make their voices heard this uh, midterm election. I also spent some time at the polling centers um, this afternoon. Man, those lines were long. I mean, and one of the things Han and Joyce that I did realize was that some of the most popular uh, popular voting centers here in the U.S., they're in malls. Mm. So people love to go and vote in malls. I, I would have, I would love to do that. Um, <laughs> the other observation that I thought was particularly interesting was of early voting. Now, as of this morning, we had at least 33 million people already voted, uh, voted early nationwide. Um, and that's either in person or uh, in ma by mail. And if you compare that in the 2014 uh, midterm elections, that's, that was 22 million. So you had 11 million more people voting early this time around. And what that says to me is, you know, you can read it two ways. One, that the American electorate is energized. They can't wait to weigh in on the performance of this current government. But the second thing is that it seems to me that people have already made up their minds, even before Election Day. So that, to me, speaks of a very partisan society.
Great stuff, Melissa. We're going to look forward to hearing more from you throughout the course of our day here in Malaysia. Once again, that was BFM's very own Melissa Idris reporting from Clark County in Nevada, right here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.